You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. The delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McCutcheon's throw, the runner breaks to the plate, here's the throw, wow. he is out, the buck goes win. That ball's in well to left center field, back toward the track. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go Bucks! Happy St. Patrick's Day. I am your host. Welcome to Starbucks. I am your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me is, of course, my co-host, Jim Rosati. Jim, happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I didn't even realize it until uh, until you just said that. I honestly, I mean, I guess I knew it was today, but I'm not waking up. I realized it. I looked at my phone. I think I saw a graphic or something on Twitter real quick. It's like, oh, yeah, it's St. Patrick's mm-hmm. Day. So, yeah, there's that. Kind of a bummer, though. Kind of a bummer St. Patrick's Day. Like, Part two, right? I mean, like last year was pretty much of a bummer because that's when everything started shutting down. We're still kind of in the, you know, the shutdowns and such. I mean, I myself, I've always enjoyed St. Patrick's Day in my adult life because of various reasons. Um, You know, the obvious, it's a nice drinking day. But no, like for real, this is usually the, if anything, this is usually the weekend that I plan to go down to Bradenton because, you know, you catch some great pirates baseball there's the saint patrick's day parade in bradenton um and also like it's it's march madness jim you know it's like it's a great time for sports entertainment and even like march madness i don't think i've watched any any bit of basketball this year paid any bit of attention i don't even know if like when the when the tournament starts yeah, I would rather not talk about March Madness right now. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Jim. Did I hit a sore spot for you? <laughs> um, yeah. No, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to talk about that. Last uh, team out. Bull crap. <laughs> well, either way, we can say this. I mean, you know, even though I'm not in St. or in Bradenton right now, you were, maybe not for St. Patrick's Day, but. You were yes. in Bradenton just last week. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Um, yeah, it was fun. Um, it was a little bit different than previous times I've been in there just, you know, because of, of COVID stuff. Florida, for the most part, is, you know, pretty open. But, um, you know, still was trying to not be. I, was, I wasn't just like, hey, now that Florida's open, I'm going to go ahead and do whatever I want. So, uh, it was still uh, we're outdoor walking around dining. coughing on mics like Rudy Gobert yeah. last year. Okay, yeah, outdoor dining. Um, you know, just not not doing the things that we typically would like. Normally, we would do like Bush Gardens or something down there in Tampa. We you know we didn't do that, so uh, it was mostly just uh, beach, Pirates baseball, golf, and uh, you know just kind of experiencing what you know florida florida has to offer outside which is a lot you know i mean if there's if there's going to be a state where you're going to do a lot of outside stuff florida's got decent amounts of stuff to to provide yeah very very true jim um 
And, and right. I mean, it was great weather, I assume, too, obviously, right? Weather was unreal. It was basically 80 and sunny every day. I don't know if I saw a cloud the whole time I was there. It was. It couldn't have been more perfect. Um, only got to go to t- two games, which... You know, a little disappointing, but the Pirates just weren't home. We picked this week basically a year in advance, so it was we just like picked a week, right? And uh, and so there was only two Pirates home games. Um, Didn't didn't travel to any of the away games, but um, that was great. Um, Lakeon Park, just as I remember it, it was it was great great times. you know, they, they did a really good job keeping people separated too in the ballpark, like every other row. Um, I think each row only had like 10 seats that were open, the ones that were open. So it was, uh, it was, it was nice. Um, baseball is going to be one of those activities where, you know, you really shouldn't feel unsafe attending it. You're outside, you're spread out. It's, it was, it was, there was there was at no point was I really anywhere near any other people, so it was it was nice. Well, I'm happy for them. So, yeah, <laughs> of course <laughs> they didn't have to be. They, no one had to be near me. Exactly, no one near that dirty face of yours, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, why don't we go ahead and talk a little bit about spring? Now, obviously, like you mentioned, you were there. You did attend two games. I mean, you know, we know you're not a scout, Jim. You know, you probably went there for some entertainment more than anything. Which I totally get, but even just in your two games watching, um, wh- what did you notice, if, if anything? Did anything stand out to you? Was there any performance that you enjoyed seeing? Um, believe it or not, what stood out to me more than anything was uh, Anthony Alford. Um, I mean, the first game we went oh, to, really? it was, oh, I know, I know. Man. How interesting no, was, was that for you? It was crazy. Um, I showed up to the first game like an inning late, actually. Um, but you know, as soon as I walk in, Alford just blasts a home run. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then, oh, that's uh, and right. Then the very, and then the very next inning, um, he makes and just an, an an insane diving catch um, in left center field. So he was impressive. Like I'm not gonna lie, he he looked good. And then I think he 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 doubled or tripled later in the game. He he was. He had a good, he had a good game. Um, Key Brian Hayes, again, just continues to impress, hitting the ball hard, hitting the ball all over the field. Um, very, very good. Um, pitching, it's kind of hard to, to tell um, just because, you know, sitting at an angle, you're not really – I didn't even have a good read of the – and have a good view of the, the speed gun either. So I can really even tell how fast they were throwing. Um, but uh, no, it was, it was good. Um, I said, Alford definitely had the best performance of anybody while I was down there. Um, but, but again, like just being able to see Hayes, the, just the sound that the ball is making off of his bat right now. Um, it's different than everybody else. Like it's, it's got that loud crack to it. Um, he's squaring the ball up. He's hitting it hard. He's driving it. He's he's ready to go. He looks ready to go. I, I like it. I mean, obviously, for one, the irony, Jim, that you know Anthony Alford hits a home run right as you enter the ballpark, which you're right. I do remember that, too. I was actually kind of watching that game, and I, I think I texted you earlier because I forgot. I was like, oh, wait, Jim's at this game. 
And you're like, well, actually, I'm about an inning away. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I, I think I texted out, you know, in the in the group chat, like, oh, Anthony Alpha, like, you know, exclamation points. You're like, I just literally walked in the stadium. <laughs> so like, it was that's literally, so I like, I walked in, like, I, I like, I actually got through the gate, and I like, like, I just wanted to kind of see everything so i just walked up as soon as you walk in the gate there you just, there's a there's a walkway that goes up mm-hmm. and that's where i was i was standing right there and he, it was like literally the next pitch he, he he just took a yard i was like okay nice he must have sensed my presence is what it was <laughs> yeah the gym power well i yeah. i guess why don't we just get into that part so obviously we were going to talk a lot about you know the spring training battles and such which one of them is definitely center field um you know, and some performances that have stood out so far. I mean, I get it. Granted, it's spring training and like, you know, people have had like 10, 13 at bats. So um, not trying to get, you know, too too much of an overreaction here. But regardless, so let's start with center field, right? Because that's definitely a battle. Um, it's not as if it's a battle of these top prospects or great veterans, but maybe some crafty signings from Ben Charrington. You know, as you mentioned, Anthony Alford. I mean, he was... In this sense, a busted prospect. You know, he was a top 100 at one point. You've been on his case a bit, um, which obviously is fair. You know, it's, it's definitely fair. But he's shown a little bit in spring so far. You've had Tony Stokes Jr. You have Brian uh, Goodwin, who they just signed over coming up. Um, so there's a bit of a battle in center field. So I guess let's go from there. So starting with center field, what is your takeaway? If it was – now, granted, there's still two weeks left, and as also – Shelton has said there's no battle that's you know wrapped up anytime soon. It's going to go all the way through opening day. Um, but if it were today, right now, who do you think is starting in center field on April first? Um, I mean, I think it's I think it's got to be Alford if he's healthy. Um, he has had an excellent spring. He's looked he's looked great defensively. He's looked good at the plate. Um, I think he has the leg up as of right now. Again, there's still a lot of time for 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 things to shake up, um, but I think it goes. I think Alford is the is the main guy there, um, and then you know then Fowler and Goodwin are right now. I mean, they're behind him, and and it's not even really that close right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, I would say you know if if opening day was today, you know, or or tomorrow, you know, Alford's your your opening day center fielder. Yeah. And good point. Actually, I forgot to even bring up Fowler. So there's another option, uh, mm-hmm. trade another kind of, you know, Anthony Alford situation, you know, he was, was a top 100 prospect at one point. Didn't really pan out. So, you know, there's talent there, but like, I'm with you too. Anthony Alford, you know, as you mentioned, as you watched him live, hit a home run, he has been impressive. Like you can't ignore what he's done. Yes. It's been 13 at bats. But in those 13 at-bats, he's had five hits, you know, three for extra bases, two home runs. Um, and like you mentioned, not even just the bat in that short span. But the defense has looked good. You know, what are you going to want more than a great defender in center field if you're, you know, a a pitching, uh, um, a pitcher? But, you know, this pitching club that's looking to maybe, you know, they've been underachieving a bit, so that can help out. So it's like if you have good defense up the middle, which he provides, maybe there's something over the bat. Um, I'm with you. You know, I mean, Brian Goodwin, we know what he's done in his career. We talked about on this show before. He he can definitely be productive, but he's not the future. 
I'm not saying Anthony Alford is the future, but there could be something in Anthony Alford where you know he'll have the controllability. So maybe he can turn into something. Maybe not the future so much for the Pirates, but he becomes a trade chip or something. But at, at any rate, I'm intrigued. I'm interested, Jim. I'm going to use that term right now. I have officially become interested, and I'm going to try to reel you in right now. All right? I am interested in Anthony Alford. Um, um, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to uh, bullshit. to have. <laughs> to, I'm not ready to put the interesting tag on him yet. Um, but he has looked very good. Um, and he looks like he could at least, at this point, maybe be a major league center fielder for an awful team. <laughs> I mean. I guess I will take that. I will take that he will be an interesting center fielder for an awful team. I mean, at least he's interesting. And and you're right. He's not going to get this opportunity if he was on a good team. So it's a perfect fit for him. That's why it's very interesting right now, Jim. Sure, whatever. (laughs) Sure, whatever. (laughs) All right. um, Again, he's, he's he's been very impressive. Um, Goodwin and Fowler have not. Um, so yeah, I mean, as of right now, he's winning the battle. Right. Well, and, and again, so to put things in perspective, you know, spring training is basically like halfway over. You want to think about it, you know, 13 at bats, things can let, you know, turn completely around the next two weeks. Goodwin could break out and be looking amazing. And Alfred, maybe the injury lingers and he doesn't look so good. And now we're and, having different talks again. We're, we're making these assumptions and, and, and the thing you're going to see too discussions going forward over 13 is, at bats. Yeah, the thing you're going to see going forward now too is with all the cuts that were made yesterday is you know instead of these guys playing 5 innings, you know they're going to now play 7 8 innings, you know, going exactly. going forward. So th- and also the games themselves time. are going from, you know, 5 to 7 mm-hmm. innings to now a full. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get some more playing time for really everybody. Um you know we're, that we won't have any more outfields of Cruz, Swaggerty. You know those those guys have actually. I don't think they cut Swaggerty, did they? I think he's I, still up there. But I put my spot. Um, I know yeah, Cruz, but was. yeah, but you'll 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 still have um you'll still have some minor leaguers coming in, but they're going to be late. They're going to be coming in late, late, late. Um, so these guys are going to, for the most part, going to be getting playing time though going forward. Certainly, certainly. Um, and as you mentioned, that's the center field battle right there. So let's go into the middle infield. Um, I think this battle, I, I don't know if there was much of an actual battle, especially with Adam Frazier still on the team. Let's put it that way. I think it's pretty much sewed up that Adam Frazier and Kevin Newman probably was going to be your middle infield. I mean, is that fair, Jim, regardless? Yeah, I think going into the spring, you could have said, you know, maybe you kind of have a timeshare there with Gonzalez, but I'm I'm starting to think more and more it's going to be it's going to be Newman getting the bulk, but Gonzalez will get his fair share of at bats this year. Sure, and some could be also in the outfield. Um, but but you're right. I mean, it's you know he he could have, and, and there's the Cole Tucker factor as well. You know, you we've talked about. Um, 
But you know, one thing that goes against Cole Tucker, I mean, he was he had an injury as well, so he hasn't really played too much in spring. Uh, but when his return has come, in the you know short at bats he's had, you know, it hasn't really produced. But get away from Cole Tucker right now. Adam Frazier and Kevin Newman are just completely on fire right now. Like, if you want to talk about if there was any battle, right, and who stood out right now, I mean, those two guys, let's start. I mean, Adam Frazier is 10 for 15. <laughs> 10 hits and 15 at-bats. He can hit David. Uh, so he's got two doubles and a triple. He's walked. He hasn't struck out yet. And then Kevin Newman has nine hits and 14 at-bats with a double and uh, no strikeouts, four walks. I mean, let's let's talk about this. I mean, the middle of infield, we already talked about Alfred, who's looking good, right? He's in the center field. Mm-hmm. Now you look at the middle infield, and it's Kevin Newman and Adam Frazier. Yeah, I mean, th- I think this, <laughs> it's clearly a small sample size, <laughs> but um, it, I, I think the thing that, that looks the best to me is the walks for Newman. That's that's nice to see yeah. because you know Kevin Newman's a contact guy. Last year the Babbitt wasn't there. The year before it was there, right? So I think you know what you'll eventually see is something in between those two years. Um, you know, I, I think Kevin Newman could could be a guy who hits 280, 290, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he because he puts the ball in play a lot. Um, the thing that's going to hold him back, right, is the other numbers, right? The the power of and course. You know, is he is he drawing walks? Um, so, you know, if if he's hitting two eighty, two ninety, and he's also getting on base via a walk, you know, then becomes a lot more valuable player. Um, so I, that'll be something to see. You know, maybe at the beginning of the year. Um, I said he made some changes with his stance, so. And those seem to be working well right now. Um, but it is a lot of singles, though. So, I mean, nine hits, eight of those are singles. Um, so, but to so, be fair, know. I mean, that's pretty much the yeah. type of hitter he is, yeah. though. That's, you know, yeah. I, I feel like mm-hmm. that's why his value isn't as great. You know, the, the empty numbers. And we joked about this. We had the, the, the little bit of over and unders last week. We had the, uh, like the bold predictions, right? I think mine was, you know, Kevin Newman hit 300, but like he'll have like an 88 WRC plus still. And it's just simply because of the fact that now one is, you know, getting on base. So if that becomes, you know, a really good tool for him, then the value's there. But like the power just isn't there. He's just going to slap the ball around and get a single and a single and a single and a single. And just like right now, we're talking about how he's been hitting the ball, but one double. So, you know, the, the power really isn't there. It's not part of his game. And I'll take that. You know, unfortunately, he's not like this burner on the bases either, where he's just going to go on first and take off and get you second base either. Uh, he'll get some stolen bases, but um, I guess there's a lot of credit. You know, I think you pointed out first when you saw it, and you know, people have been talking about it some more. But right, the change of stance, the hands are down lower, and I mean, you see something fundamentally different. That's what I've always said. Like, you know, I don't buy too much in the spring numbers, you know, or any numbers, you know, short small sample. Unless maybe there's at least some fundamental change. And for Kevin Newman, there has been a fundamental change. And so far, it seems to be working. So that, to me, at least brings some more optimism. I'm not just looking at this and saying, well, it's just spring training. He's going to head into this year and bat 220 like he did last year or whatever. You know, to me, it's like, well, okay. 
you know, I know he's had some talent. I mean, he was a first round pick to begin with. You know, he's hitting the minors for the most part. He hit his rookie year. And then last year in the COVID shortened season where everyone was just weird, he didn't. So, you know, with this change, he's more comfortable. He's hitting the ball. I'm, I'm intrigued. You know, I'm open to, to believing that there maybe is a, a certain good bounce back from Kevin Newman. I don't know if he's going to be like a three-war player that he's like almost projected to be his first in the rookie season. But for sure that he could be a productive possible second baseman sliding over once Adam Frazier does get traded. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I like what I see out of Kevin Newman so far. Yeah, I mean, there, there's nothing really to complain about other than you know maybe the lack of power. I think you you would still you'd like to see that the, those 2019 power numbers out of him yeah. as opposed to the 2020 power numbers, right? You know, having one home run and 156 at bats is kind of uh, is not good. <laughs> but right. no, I, I mean, if he can get to the point where he's where he's hitting close to 300 or at that rate and you know he's hitting 10 home runs then then we're, we can start talking a little bit um but again it's nice to see him doing what he's doing um i'd rather see this in spring training i don't put a ton of stock in the spring training stats to begin with we've all seen right. we've all seen people just go off in spring training and then season comes along and they're terrible right i mean we're um, gonna you know we're gonna eventually talk about polanco so <laughs> we're, right, we're well aware right, of that yeah so i mean it, it so i'm not like i'm not like oh my gosh adam you know kevin newman is, is back right um but it, it's definitely nice to see him and frazier um hitting the ball they said they're they're and neither has struck out yet that, that's, i don't believe I just right? gonna say like that's the thing too like yeah. not one has had a strikeout yet yeah so that's what 34 plate appearances between the two um no strikeouts 19 hits five walks this is a solid number. can't really this is solid yeah, numbers can't really ask for much more than that on base like 700 i mean that's that's nice <laughs> yeah right right yeah, nice seven hundred on base percentage. Awesome. Out of your out of your one two hitters. So you know we talked about the battles, right? Center field, middle infield. Like mentioned, I think those two have it locked up, and I still sense. I mean, Adam Frazier has to get traded. That's one thing that's good about this too. Uh, we we spoke more about Newman. So Adam Frazier had an awful twenty twenty as well. Uh, he's definitely someone who you're looking to probably trade. You know, you're going into this rebuild. There apparently was all this chatter. We heard from all the writers, the national writers and such, that you know there's a lot of talk surrounding Adam Frazier. He's still at the club. So I know you said you don't take too much stock in spring. I get that. But at least we're seeing encouraging numbers from these guys. You know, that that's what I'll say. Like at least it's not well, think about what last spring was, even though it was shortened, mm-hmm. it was cut short. But like if you think about it, it was only a few days ago was spring training was closed down. So the numbers are about the same. They were abysmal last year. I mean, the Pirates just looked awful. And they went into the season and were awful. So I guess there's one takeaway you can say is at least they they actually look like a a solid team so far. You know, when you've looked at the pitching, you look at the offense, the defense, like it's all been there. I get it. It's mm-hmm. spring training. But at least we're not talking about these guys that are batting 082 right now. And you're saying, well, you know, it's spring and you're hoping to come back. Like at least they are producing in this time frame. 
Um, so yes, with Adam Frazier, yeah. you know, you want to see him produce because again, he can present a decent trade chip. Um, and that is what he's doing so far. So if he can go into the season, I'm sure there's going to be a team that's going to try to snag him up pretty quickly, uh, which would be encouraging. So that's yeah. what I want especially, to say about Adam Frazier here. Yeah. Especially if he's hitting 600. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously. <laughs> um, no, but to go anything less, I'd point, be disappointed to be honest. To go along with your point, right? If if you were to to kind of pencil in the eight starters, you know the eight opening day starters right now, um, they're all other than other than Moran, um, they're all performing, you know, the way you want to see. Brian Reynolds nine seventeen OPS, Stalling nine twenty two, Hayes one thousand two hundred fifty three. Alford thirteen ninety, Newman fourteen thirty seven, Fraser right. sixteen twenty one, and then Polanco on top of all of them at, at sixteen fifty four. So, um, and now that's he's what got you want to see. Yeah. he's got the dad strength now coming back, and uh, yeah. So I mean, outside of Moran, every one of those, I mean, every one of your starters is having a good spring, which is again. You, You'd rather see that, I guess, out of spring than them struggling. And that's kind of where I'm going here, right? So, and and speaking of all that, these are pretty much the guys we've all penciled in as well. Like before the offseason began, you know, if we were to sit down, we would probably say, here's your eight starters, right? And they haven't let, they haven't given us a reason to, to pencil in someone else. So I guess that's good too, you know? So, like you mentioned, like at least that's encouraging. They, those are the eight guys that are all producing, and that's pretty much who you figured were going in here would be. So um, I guess the, the the difference would be Alfred. You know, I think that was more just because we're skeptical on him. You know, you figure he probably would. I'd rather see Alfred than some others, but probably going to be good win because of whatever. Um, but in the sense, yeah, Alfred has produced. Um, I think that's the only one that you might have a question with, but it's like everyone that has produced so far. So it's it's been – there's competition out there, and they've all – succeed in this you know they, they've all lived up to to their expectations and are producing so right like you're saying that that is definitely good to see um get get to the corners now we'll talk about moran cabrian hayes i guess i i think i feel like cabrian hayes in third base that's locked up we'll not talk too much about that so maybe go to the, the moran and uh todd frazier first base I, I know the first few games todd frazier just looked amazing he had home run and home run um, it's cooled down a bit. It's funny. He's 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 nice and a pleasure to listen to when he's mic'd up. But uh, uh, the performance hasn't been as as good as the first few games. And like you mentioned with Colin Moran, it's okay. I mean, he's it's not as if he's dominating per se, but he's he's been solid. Um, I mean, is there anything really to talk about there? I think I think what that's just going to end up being is just a straight righty lefty platoon and, and that's fine uh mm-hmm. frazier's been solid against lefties and moran's been okay against righties so I, I i think that's the way to go there i think that's what we expect to see um you know will craig has gotten some playing time too this spring he hasn't looked awful but i think at this point we kind of all know who will craig is yeah you know i think you know he's Probably slated I think the for Pirates another year. Made it known how they feel about what yeah. we're doing. 
Right. I mean, it's just signing Frazier. They took him off the 40 man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, so taking him off the 40 man and then signing Frazier, it's like, okay. Um, right. But uh, no, Craig, I could see Craig. If, I mean, hey, if, if he can stick around for another year or two, he could become the uh, all time home run leader for the Indianapolis Indians at some point here. Probably. Um, Not so much the record so you want to have, but. <laughs> so that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, no, but first base, Moran Frazier, straight platoon. I, I think that's pretty much set in stone at this point. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, albeit always was probably going to see some injuries, and that's my, you know, maybe when you see Craig come up, um, if there's a trade that happens. But I, I'm with you. It's it's them too. They've shown me enough. Uh, and of course, Moran's going to be on the club. Moran's going to be playing. There's no point that he's not. And Frazier, I don't think he's as washed up, you know, as as some people may think. But I don't think he's as good as some others as well. Um, so yeah, I think a, a nice platoon is there. Just see what happens. I'm still like with you. We talked about this. So let's bring it up again. I still am on board feeling that like that platoon will have a higher war than Josh Bell in Washington. And I hate, you know, I'm not trying to diss Josh Bell. I mean, he's going to come over here and kick my ass. But, uh, you, you know, it's like it just kind of is what it is. I hope the, the best for Josh Bell. But like there is real potential that these two could have a higher war than Josh Bell. Um, at least, I mean, also, we talk about defense, right? Defensively, too. Yeah. They've, yeah. Except for yesterday, where I didn't get to really see it, but we've heard enough about the incident with Chad Cool and Cruz and Moran. Um, I guess except for that play. <laughs> when you take that one out, <laughs> defensively, they've looked pretty solid. We've been able to see guys that can throw the baseball. Yeah, I mean, that's really all you want to see out of your first baseman is someone who can catch it when people throw it to him and someone who can at least make a competent throw when or they're called the upon. Uh, another you know, maybe, pirate player? Maybe throw, maybe throw overhand, you know? <laughs> <laughs> true, true. But, uh, no, I, I would say, I mean, I do feel like Josh Bell has some, some left, something left in him from an offensive standpoint. Um, sure. The th- the thing is, though, is yeah, like from a war perspective, defense plays a part in that, and his defense yep. is just always going to bring him down. So, yeah, I mean, I I I could. It would not surprise me in the least bit if Moran and Frazier combined for a higher war than Josh Bell. Nice, nice. All right, let let's just get to it. I don't know. Obviously, this wasn't much of a battle. I think the the corners are locked up with Reynolds and and Polanco, but let's just bring up Polanco. All right, it's another spring training. It's another spring training all-star team for Gregory Polanco. Uh, so far, well, as you mentioned, leads in OPS. But so far, he's got 13 at-bats. or Yeah, 13 at-bats. Six hits, half of them being more than half being extra base. He's got a double. He's got a triple. And he's got two home runs. One walk, three strikeouts. Polanco season's back, right, Jim? finally going to break out <laughs> after after all these years no um hold on let me count so that's the eighth <laughs> year in a row we've said this all right but i'm down for yes. it let's go yes um again it, it you'd rather see this out of him right than seeing him struggle so i'm not 
I'm not anticipating a Gregory Polanco breakout season. <laughs> I think we've we've been fooled enough times by that. Um, but uh, but you'd rather see this than than the struggles. Um, he's he's uh, he's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting the ball for extra bases. Um, yeah, I mean he has more extra base hits than he has singles. So you always that's always good to see out of somebody who you're probably going to have bat fourth or fifth in your lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, he's now back, so he'll get even a little bit more. He'll get a little bit more playing time. His thing is just he's got to stay healthy, right? Because we've all seen it, it's crazy with Polanco because I mean, we, we've talked about Gregory Polanco now for what ten years, like. <laughs> Since, clearly, ever since we were going to have the most amazing yeah. outfield that ever existed, the only outfield like, to ever have all three players have 2020 seasons. Cause that, I mean, yeah, look it, that was going to happen. The he's clearly talented, right? Like, yes, clearly. Um, and he just can't put it together. Um, so, but we've seen him put it together for stretches, right? We've seen like when, when Polanco's hot, he sometimes looks like the best player out there on the field. Um, I mean, he's given us reasons to say for eight, you know, for many of us to say for eight <laughs> yeah. years that it's going to break out. Because like you said, we yeah. see the talent, you see these stretches, you know, it's there. Right. Granted, there's always been, it usually seems for the most part, there's always been like outside circumstances in the sense, like these injuries and such. So you have something you can put blame on to then say, well, that's he's now past this, so therefore we're now going to see that Polanco, and either that's lingered or a new injury came about or something like that, and it's just always been like that. That's that's why there's always hype around him because the talent is certainly there, but like you said, injuries has been the big part, and just even now, like you know, in the, in the present time, I I feel like that injury lingered a lot longer than maybe a lot of us anticipated, a lot than him did, you know, him and the Pirates. Um, then like last year was going to be the year where like, okay, now he's, he's really healthy. He's back. It was shortened season and maybe the injury wasn't so much a problem, but maybe just there's no baseball for how long, you know, he hasn't really participated mm-hmm. in shortened season. It seemed like this guy couldn't make contact with the baseball to save his life. But when he did again, you saw Gregory Polanco, you saw stuff like, well, if he could just make contact, Jim, you know, look what we can get. So now it's like, okay, we're now we're heading into this year. There's been more baseball. You know, he's been in the cages. Uh, so far right now, right, in spring, he's making contact. Like, he doesn't have a 50% strikeout rate. Um, mm-hmm. So now it's like, okay, well, we know the talent's there. The injury's passed him. The contact's back. Like, so now it's going to happen, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um Right. No, I think last year, wasn't there a crazy, I could be wrong here, but wasn't, they didn't have like the worst Babbitt in history, like with somebody who's hit the, who hit the ball as hard as he did. I mean, he had last year, he was in the top 5% of baseball in exit velocity. Yes. And he had a Babbitt of 193. What you're saying so imagine, sounds familiar. <laughs> I don't want to say so like yes, imagine, but I feel like I did hear that. Imagine you're hitting the ball harder than almost every other player in major, in Major League Baseball. And less than two out of ten of those balls in play are falling for hits. Like that's that's what happened last year. So right. 
the the thing about last year that was good was yeah the stat cast numbers were nice other than the strikeout rate um but he had a hard hit rate of 51 percent. so 51 percent of his balls were quote-unquote hard hit um his highest barrel rate in in his career highest exit velocity of his career best you know highest launch angle of his career um so like all the all the underlying numbers are in play there for like hey if he can continue those numbers um he could put together a good year cuz like it seems like last year he was just extremely unlucky um, right so it well come it though he was also yeah. bad but even when he got <laughs> even when he yeah. got yeah. lucky to connect with a the ball then that became unlucky <laughs> yeah, the strikeouts were bad, right? Yes. Um, you know, but but also at the end of the day, a strikeout's the same as a fly out, or a, you know, it, the strikeout's not that big of a deal, especially in modern baseball. Um, but like, I just can't. We've seen we've seen Polanco disappoint us so many times. <laughs> you know, he's he's like. He's like if you have that like super hot girlfriend, yeah, and it's like, and and uh, take her back. Every she time. just yeah, she just keeps cheating on you, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then she, you always think, all right, this is going to be the time, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> it's like I can't let her go. I mean, right. she yeah. just walked down Victoria's That's, Secret last week, you know, like right. Yeah. I mean, all these paparazzi photos <laughs> with her. I mean, basically, she's Vanessa Hudgens, you know, like basically. I, Gregory Polanco is the Pirates. I'm Cole Tucker, and I can't let Vanessa Hudgens go. So right, so it's like, but again, like at some point, you just got to be like, this is who he is. Um, right, we we're not going to change him, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I I I think I've fallen for the Polanco hype too many times, and I'm not I'm not falling for it again. Um. It, I would be happy to see him perform well, but I'm not. I'm not expecting it anymore. Yeah, no, like I'm cautiously approaching. Uh, it, it's just once again, just kind of like how we've summed up this this spring. You know, like yes, I've been burned by Polanco many times, but I'd rather at least see this version of Polanco in spring than another. Well, we've always pretty much seen this version of Polanco in spring. That's the issue. But I'd rather see this than see him struggle and say and try to make excuses of why there might be a reason to enjoy Polanco this year or such. Um, he's at least giving you what you want to see. You can't really ask for much than what we're seeing right now. Right. So that's at least good news on March 17th, you know, from Polanco. I'll take that. The other thing too, with Polanco, I feel like it's, yeah, he hit the ball very, very hard. And it was like, I felt like he hit into the ship every single time. Like that second baseman was sitting like 30 feet deep, you know, into the grass. And if there was no shift, Jim, right, which there might not be in a few years, if there was no shift, Polanco has probably had a, a normal Babbitt. But because of the shift, because of that second baseman who was sitting basically in the outfield, it seemed like the ball just went right to him every single time. So, yeah, I just felt like that's what we saw. You saw a dribble from Adam Frazier, second baseman, and he saw a line drive by Gregory Polanco to the second baseman who was halfway into the outfield. Um, all right, so let's get into some pitching here. Um, 
maybe not so much battle for the rotation. There might have been some changes to that, though. I mean, Trevor Cahill was signed. It seems, for the most part, I mean, he's penciled in to be in the rotation. Um, we had Keller, you had Brault, you had Cole, Brubaker. Uh, I feel as if Brubaker's probably going to be the odd man out and Cahill into the mix there. And and with this being said, too, it seems as mm-hmm. if with the, all the interviews and talks between Shelton and Sherrington that they are going ahead into the season with more or less a five-man rotation. There wasn't much talk about piggybacking. There wasn't much talk about a six-man. There could be a six-man at some point, but it didn't seem as if that's the plan. It seemed like the plan was a five-man. So with that being said, does it sound to you, do you feel Brubaker's probably the odd man out, or is there someone different for you? Is it Mitch Keller for you? Um, to start the year, you know, I could see it being Brubaker. Here's the thing. And I kind of keep going back to it is like the pirates are going to need innings. Like all of these guys are eventually going to pitch. Right. Um, and I think that's why they signed somebody like Cahill is because he's just, he's a guy that you can put out there who can throw a hundred innings. Right. Um, you know, same same as Anderson. Like, we're, I'm not going to expect anything from Anderson or Cahill other than just they're going to be able to go out there and throw some innings. Because I think that's really the most important thing right now is you know the the arms that 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 do matter to the Pirates, right? Um, Keller, Brubaker, Chad Cool, maybe to an extent. Um, I mean, absolutely to an extent. You, Jim. you um. <laughs> You can't you can't just go out there and you know give them the ball every fifth day over this this entire season and say okay go out there and throw six innings. Um, they're they're just not going to be able to do it after last year, I don't think. So so again, you're gonna have you're gonna have all these pitchers who are going to be in like the eighty to hundred inning range. You're just gonna need a lot of bodies. So you know if if Brubaker's maybe the odd guy out at the beginning of the year, that's not saying Brubaker's not going to start. 15 games this year you know like i I feel like i feel like there's gonna be there's gonna be eight pitchers who are gonna start 15 games this year for the pirates um yeah and and and, you know then some other ones who are gonna be sprinkled in there too so um i i like the cahill signing just for the standpoint of the innings um he's also someone who you know you never know with 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 cahill he's shown some success in the Mm -hmm. past he could come out there, have a good year, and then you're able to trade him at the deadline for. I mean, I'm not saying like a top top prospect, but you can you can get a top it's twenty guy for piece, you know you yeah you can get know. somebody <laughs> right. I mean, look at last year. I mean, two years ago, Jordan Lyles got us Cody Ponce. You know, Cody Ponce isn't that's a good point a top ten prospect, but Cody Ponce is a guy who could give you future value at some point, right? Um, so, so I think that's that's a good thing here. But it, again, I think it's just a matter of the, they're just going to need arms. And and, and yeah, like I said, if Brubaker's an odd guy out right now, which you know probably is. I, I'm fully expecting Brubaker to still get the same amount of work in this year that he would have had he broke, you know, broke the club in the rotation. That's fair. That's a fair point to say. Yeah. Um. And I, I've, I've said it. On the show, I still firmly believe. Like I feel, Brubaker's best fit is in the bullpen. Anyways, of course, with this team, he's 
I mean, he made starts last year and he's lined up. And that's why I feel like, you know, you, you know, Anderson and you know, Cahill are in there. And obviously to me, Keller's going to be in the rotation regardless. Cole and Brault, you know, have earned it. They deserved it. So that's why I feel like Brubaker is going to be the odd man out to start with. Um, and, and right, like in the future, he's probably best served in the bullpen. But right now he'll probably, like you mentioned, get starts because it's needed. The other thing too, we haven't, we haven't talked about this too much. Uh, and I think it's more speculation than anything, of course. But, you know, because of the shortened season last year, I mean, there already has been a lot of injuries and such. You know, I, I'm, I'm wondering too, like I feel this upcoming year, there, there could also be a lot of injuries to pitchers. So, like, yes, we do need arms. The Pirates need arms. You know, signing a Cahill is great because now you're getting innings. But not even so much that Cahill could could show what he's done in the past to become a productive pitcher once again. There could just also be a need for other clubs. You know, if their pitchers are going down, they still need innings. And that's why I think there could be, like, trade potential in, in some of these guys. Even, like, an Anderson, a Cahill. They might not be special, but there's teams out there that might just need to get through this year, too, to get into the playoffs. And, you know, again, like, that Cahill and Anderson now become a commodity for the Pirates because they're, they they're, they have a live arm, <laughs> you know, yeah, to yeah. get that team through. So it's possible that, you know, they're at least they're respectable, right? They, they belong on a major league club. Um, and just for that alone, they could have trade value. And yeah, if, if, you know, I think more Cahill than Anderson, but either or, if, if one of them can at least show something up to the trade deadline, then you're right. Get a Cody Ponce in return for one of them is, is a win for the Pirates. That's, that's, that should exactly be what they're doing right now. Um, and they are. So... Um, let's get to the bullpen because to me, this has become very interesting. Um, just for the fact that I think there's a lot of unknown has been pieced together. That's, that's one thing under Neil Huntington is you felt like you always, <clears throat> you'd always have a strong bullpen. He seemed to find these levers. You knew that was locked. Everything else could be question marks. Getting into this year, I felt like, I mean, this bullpen could be, be pretty bad. Like Kyle Crick, you know, looked really good, and then his his seasons just tailed off. You know, Edgar Santana had hype for, but he's you know getting nailed for PEDs. Rich Rodriguez has been up and down, you know, and there's like just a bunch of these these guys. Um, but so far, this spring, this bullpen again, it's spring, it's just a few innings, but what we've seen from this bullpen so far, they've been pretty damn good. Uh yeah, they there's been a lot of lot of guys who have come in and, and, and they they have looked good. Um I think if you're looking at guys who are probably locks, right? Santana's probably a lock, Hartlieb probably a lock, Crick probably a lock, Richrod lock, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a few few people in there that are already kind of set in stone. I think Michael Feliz is out of options, if I remember correctly, I so too, yeah. unless he got another one. So so he's probably in there too, right? Um Stratton, Locke. So I mean there's there's definitely a lot of spots already in there that are taken. Um, but there's there's definitely some spots that are up for grabs. And there's a lot of people pitching really well right now. Um David Bedner, I think, you know, everybody's been pretty impressed with him. Um with five innings, six, ten strikeouts. Six scoreless innings, 11 strikeouts now after oh, yesterday. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, six innings, 11 yeah. strikeouts, one walk. So, yeah, so he's looked good. Um, 
Will Crow has looked pretty decent in his in his time. Um, Chase I know it's spring, but also Tim game. Williams did like, mention that you know maybe not something super special, mm-hmm. but he, Tim Williams did mention on the show that he believes there's maybe a little something more to Will Crow. Yes, he did. He did. Um, and then even like our, you know, our, our, you know, Clay Holmes, who feels like he's been around now for about as long as Polanco. He's, he's looked good. Um, Sam Howard, who was clearly the team's best lefty yet last year. He's also looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's good to see some guys pitching. Well, again, very small sample size, but they, they have shown that they, you know, they, they made, they possibly belong, um, the other thing too is spring training. You never really know just looking at these numbers. Like, are they pitching in the seventh or eighth inning when they're facing off against yeah, some a lot of players, prospects? You know, so <laughs> yeah, so it's hard to put a ton of stock into these stats. <clears throat> um, again, because again, there's there are locks, but it is nice to see. It's nice to see people. Obviously, if if you're gonna face single A and double A players, then um, it's better to get them out than not. Right. You know, right. Like Edgar Santana yesterday. Well, was I was going to say, you talk about locks. And yeah, I feel like Edgar Santana probably yeah. is a lock as well, just for circumstances. Yeah. Didn't have a good outing. <laughs> Didn't have a good outing no. at all. Um, okay, so let's go back. And still with the locks. So you said one lock being Kyle Crick. Let's rewind. About two to three weeks ago, when we mentioned, and this isn't a dig at you at all, because I agreed, we brought up, is Kyle Crick a lock this year? Like, is he an actual DFA candidate? And, you know, that came because the very first start, the very first, not start, but the very first game uh, appearance from him, you know, yeah, he got through, you know, it was a scoreless inning, but the velocity wasn't there again. And so the worries came up, you know, is this still a lingering situation? I know it's spring, but this has been his problem. Well, since then, it's still scoreless. So I feel, let me look at the numbers now. Um, oh, I just had it. So five innings, three hits, zero earned runs, two walks, seven strikeouts. The velocity's creeping back. He's he's been creeping up to about 93, 94 now. So it's let's kind of revisit this. Is Kyle Crick not forget the lock? Is Kyle Crick potentially back? Can we rely on him to be <clears throat> That solid reliever that he was after that cut trade when everyone hated him because of the cut trade. I think um, I wouldn't necessarily say he's back yet. I think he would. I think just with Crick, <clears throat> what we've seen is just it's been a it's been a constant, right? <clears throat> every single year since he's arrived is <clears throat> excuse me. Every single year since he's arrived, this stuff has gotten worse. Right. And last year it took a significant drop, significant drop. Um, even with it going up these past few appearances, it's still not where it was even in 2019. So I, I think in order for him to get back to that, that dominant point, um, you know, he needs to be at a mid nineties fastball and a low 80s slider whereas we're now more in the low 90s fastball high 70s slider mm-hmm. um, the slider movement is still there it's still a, it's still an excellent pitch it's not as excellent as it was right um you know there was 
you know, I think Fangraphs or some somebody wrote an article two years ago about how Kyle Crick's slider was like breaking Statcast, right? right? So um, it's not doing that anymore. Um, it, if it can get back to that point, that's where you can. That's when you can get a dominant Kyle Crick. Um, you know, he needs to find. He needs to find a few more extra ticks on his slider and the movement needs to come back. Cause if it's going to not only be slower, but also move less, then you're going to have a problem. Sure. Um, and, and that's what's what happened in 2020. Um, so uh, is he back? I'm not ready to, procl- I'm not ready to say that. Um, I, I think he has at least earned the spot, uh, earned a spot on the roster unless he just completely falls apart here. Sure. Um, but I, you know, he, he's, he is a lock on the team, I believe, at this point. And to me, that's that's very fair. That's very fair. You know wh- what I'll say is, I'm I'm certainly encouraged now from what I'm seeing, because this is a lot of pitchers. I mean, if Kyle Crick didn't have the past he had, and we're going to this year, we wouldn't be worried about the velocity because that's just typically the normal progression for most pitchers. You know, usually early on in spring, they're not throwing hard; it ramps up. Uh, I mean, to bring up his name for re- regardless, you know, that was always like the thing about Vasquez. You know, it was always in spring, like, oh, my God, his velocity. Like, he's, you know, he's, like, low 90s. What's going on? And then, like, mid-April, he was just firing 103 again. So, this has been Crick's issue, and that's why, you know, we were still worried about it. But now seeing the progression, now that he's hitting, you know, into the the 94-mile-per-hour range, maybe it does come back. You know, maybe he is progressing to that point. So, I'm encouraged by it. Right, I'm not ready to proclaim that he's back, but what I will say is he's at least on that path that he can be that productive reliever again, where my worries are kind of s- subsiding a bit here. Um, I'm liking and I'm encouraged of what I am seeing from Kyle Crick, which is good because he could also become a, it's like, you know, we talk about these trade chips, you know, he, he could potentially be that as well. Um, I think that's what a lot of people are hoping for from him. Um, and, and yeah, I guess the other one too is like Jeff Hartley, you know, Jeff Hartley, he had some, some words to say about the past regime, uh, how he's using his pitches and such. And that's another thing too. Like at least you know, I'm, at least I'm encouraged by the four point one innings he's pitched. Um, so so yeah, like there's there's definitely some things I'm seeing of his bullpen that's very encouraging. Um, yes, I know a lot of it has come, and you know, like you mentioned, the seventh inning and such, when a lot of these prospects are up there, right? These double A guys, but at least they are doing what they need to be doing, and it's something to talk about. So with this bullpen was kind of like, oh my god. You know, nightmares, doom and gloom heading into the offseason. Right now, at least, it's showing that there's there's some turnarounds, potentially, and some competency from these guys. You know, again, like Jeff Harley. You know, awful, awful start of his career so far. Maybe there's something different now, right? Oscar Marine's utilizing him differently and better now. Um, and Kyle Crick, maybe he's back. And even Rich Rodriguez, you know, looking a little bit different. So, yeah, again, I'm, I'm encouraged from the stuff I'm seeing for the bullpen. Of course, when the season comes, we'll find out. Um, so I guess with that said, was there anything else as far as the pitching goes that you wanted to bring up? Um, no, I mean, again, uh, no one has uh, no one has disappointed. Like everybody's everybody's playing well right now. Like the Pirates actually look like like they've got some stuff. Um, I mean, clearly. They don't. <laughs> right, it's, gonna, right. it's what's it's funny. We're talking about all this, and this team's still probably going to lose ninety-five to one hundred games. Um, but but again, it's nice to see some of these guys succeeding in spring training. Uh, it, it's better to do this than it's it's more fun to watch them, you know, play well than it is to see 
a bunch of just terrible stat lines right now. Right. And, and I think that's just it. This, the spring training last year was just awful. I mean, just, they were just so bad. So at least this year, they they actually, I mean, I can say they look good, but they actually have a eight, seven, yeah. one record. You know I mean? They have been better than, than bad. They've won more games so far in spring. Not that the spring training records matter, but at least you're seeing encouraging stuff from this team. So at least you can head into the year where you know they're going to be bad. Like you mentioned, we're not saying this is a playoff team. We're not saying they can be a 500 team. Like this still will be a bad team. But at least I'm encouraged by seeing some things that there's some things that interest me to watch this year in a team that will lose 95 to 100 games. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. You're looking for you're looking for reasons to watch, right? Um, and and yeah, I'm looking for some... reasons for Adam Frazier to look really good, so that way he can get traded, so I can get a really really bad replacement to continue that tank going on. There you go. Right? Fair. Fair. Because it's going to get really really bad come after the trade deadline. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if the Pirates are if what they out. are expected to do, and and there are a few players that are performing, then then yeah, it could get a little rough. Cool, cool, cool. Just yeah. like Chad. All right, so I think we can wrap this up. Um, so yeah, so we might have an extra podcast for you this week as well. So we'll be back tomorrow, NS Nine Live. Uh, we'll go ahead and give our over and unders. We'll do the plank. We'll revisit the plank. No more Ryan, but screw him. No rounder, 829. It's Jim, myself, and Tyler doing the plank. We'll have our over and unders. And then, uh, again, as mentioned, probably a special guest for you to come on our Sunday podcast. So with that said, we'll see you all later. Bye-bye. See ya.